0: No Film School would like to thank Black Magic Design, Adorama and My Road Reel for sponsoring our coverage of NAB 2018. Hello and welcome to Indie Film Weekly. I'm John Fusco, I'm Andy Zo,
1: and I'm Charles Hain.
0: It is April 12th, 2018, and on today's episode, special live coverage from NAB 2018. <laughs>
1: in a hotel room. We're sitting here in uh,
0: room, the Plaza Hotel. Plaza Hotel, room 910. Uh, it's become our second home over the past three years. We've stayed at the Plaza Every time,
1: so you hear that, stalkers. If you want to murder, no film school reporters or behind the scenes and, people and, uh,
2: be able to leave our carcasses in a hotel room in for
0: weeks uh, without being discovered. Yeah, you no one the will notice. The, right one.
1: One. the <laughs> plaza is where to lurk in the lobby and wait for us to walk by and shiv us.
0: Yesterday, uh, we were coming back from dinner and there was a security guard in front of the elevators, uh, checking. I, the room cards to make sure that we were guests, stopping everyone.
2: Well, it seems everyone. like you can pretty much, uh, it seems like the rule of thumb in Vegas is if the door is open, you can walk
0: anywhere you want. Yeah, I mean, even if the door is closed, you can walk into it, I'm sure.
1: I'm actually going to say that's kind of the rule of life. If the door is open, you can walk in.
2: Mm, I think it's a little different here in Vegas. I don't know,
1: <laughs> but it's also a good uh, to segue
0: a bit into filmmaking. That's a good uh, mindset to have for filmmaking. You yeah. Know? If the door is open, go in there and take advantage. And uh, <laughs> So can we transition this to NAB? <laughs> I think we can because, you know, one of the ways that you can uh, take advantage of, uh, you know, your position as a camera op or someone who's uh, got a little – uh, startup gear rental house of your own is you can go to some of these trade shows and you can uh, meet some of the representatives that are uh, w- representing their brands and you can start to make connections that way and you can maybe uh, get a little free stuff if you wanted to get a little free action. Yeah I got a free hat today and a,
2: a keychain combination bottle opener screwdriver from Miller.
1: Oh really? Because EVA-1 Panasonic also has a combination key f- chain screwdriver for, like, bolting on your tripod thing, which is my favorite swag of the thing. Miller's doing it, too. I guess that's the swag of the year is the keychain yeah, tripod. somewhere out there. The keychain makers are making a killing right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the filmmaking tool
1: set is, uh, is a, a popular one for swag. Oh, yeah, swag. TILTA last year had that screwdriver that you could get your name written in. I thought that was a good one for oh, TILTA. that's really cool, yeah. Well, that they yeah. would do it right there for yeah, you? Yeah, they had, like, a laser engraver at the booth.
0: Oh, that's special but even if you know swag aside like if you make connections with these uh, these these representatives and you tell them that you have a gear house and you tell them that maybe you could help them out with some exposure, especially the smaller companies, um, which hopefully we'll be exploring more as NAB, uh, continues to unravel and uh, unravel as a key word, <laughs> unravel as it falls apart. <laughs> um, but you know, you can really talk to them and maybe you can get some free gear out of it, which is pretty cool. Or at least you'll have that connection, um, to maybe use some of their stuff on your project experimentally.
1: It's also a good reminder that like a film career is a long-term thing. Like the head of area or the head of area US or whatever, got up and he was like, this is my 40th NAB at the area event last night. And it's like, you just keep going to these things and meeting people, and who knows how it's going to play out. Maybe in 12 years you're going to end up doing a movie together. Maybe in 20 years you're going to end up renting something from someone. But, like, you go to just sort of gently meet people and maybe make actual friends?
2: Yeah, I think so. Truly, really you will not meet a more dedicated group of, you know, film and, you know, broadcasting nerds here. Because that's the entire... The entire
0: technological hub of uh, the industry kind of meets here once a year. Absolutely. And, like, if you've been at NEB for the past couple of days and you've come up to us, we're wearing these uh, No Film School logo shirts, and we've ha- I've heard a few people uh, say that they've had some nice things said about the oh, site. yeah, we got accosted in a good way.
2: And yeah, no, we've had multiple people come up to us and be like, yeah, we love No Film School. We had one person from Padcaster, uh,
0: which I think... Yeah, we is it, is we interviewed it, them last yeah, year. Yeah, a New York based. Uh, They're like Airbnb for locations, right?
2: I am not am sure. Am I wrong? No,
1: about that? Padcaster makes accessories for shooting yourself with your phone more easily. Never mind. In any case,
2: they yeah they showed up with a phone rig, and we're like, hey, can we get like thirty seconds out of you? And uh, me and Nick begrudgingly uh, replied yes.
1: Yeah, I was in somebody else's video blog. Uh, The guy from Bright Spot, Blind Spot, was like, hey man, I've been in your thing. Will you? Be in mine and like like his dad, who is super cool as well. Like had a little was the camera operator and had a little GoPro Osmo rig, and I was in the like and I and he interviewed me. And then <laughs> afterwards, you
2: interviewed him again because you're like, how was that experience interviewing me?
0: And yeah, it
1: went on forever.
0: I've been in the press room for the majority of the past two days, so I haven't really seen anybody or had that experience. But... Before
1: we move into products, we can all agree the press room food has been better this year, right? Yeah, I think so. They're donuts in the morning. Oh yeah, press they have Krispy Kreme
0: donuts.
2: I did not really partake much of the the given breakfast yeah. food. I went downstairs and got myself like a sausage egg platter.
0: There you go. You
1: I went it. to Whole Foods and got a bag of six uh, hard boiled eggs for every day of the thing. So oh. I'm just eating my hard boiled eggs for breakfast. But I like that there are donuts there for everyone. That's like a real welcoming thing, press room NAB.
0: Yeah, and you bring up a good point too about eating because, like you know, we've we've talked about how hard it is even at at film festivals when we've done our film festival coverage how hard it is to remember to eat and to like find a good spot and nab does a good job of like hosting their press i'm gonna say that mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. yeah
1: shout out nab press room dan so
0: yeah i mean the uh, general layout of the nab convention i was trying to like think in my head how many square feet or how many square miles that convention center actually is do you have any idea
1: no idea. It's square massive. Miles. I,
2: it's a big. It's a big spot. Yeah. I don't know about square miles.
1: With <laughs> South <laughs> Hall, Upper and Lower, it might hit a square mile. It South Hall is massive. And we yeah. haven't even been to South. We haven't really been to South Hall yet. I, I swung by today. How, for like was, three booths.
0: Was there any good VR around there? Or? That's North Hall. That's North Hall. Okay. You've been to North Hall. I right? have
2: not been there yet. I, I've been told that I will be sent to North Hall to engage in some VR activity.
0: Maybe tomorrow. We don't want you to go there because we know Andy is just gonna end up spending all his time playing what? with the VR what do you mean? stuff. I will go on my
2: dedicated missions and I will return to
1: home days. <laughs> That's true. You're knocking him down. Mm-hmm. I am not
0: some renegade maverick. So then uh, in terms of the layout, like what what is in the central hall uh What's in the South Hall and what's in the North Hall? Is there like any dedicated gear for each spot? Or- I, I would say Central Hall is
2: a lot of the, the the hardware brands that we're familiar with, whereas it seems like South Hall has a lot more post-production.
1: South Hall is post-lower, and then upper is all those weird people who are spending billions of dollars that we don't quite know what they do. It's like Cisco is there, and all sorts of companies with like people in business suits doing like deals for satellite distribution, and then like tangent doing panels and stuff and avid is up there but south hall lowers post central hall is production north hall is vr in the future
0: there you go Ah. so speaking about the future i mean one thing we like to do every one of these podcasts that i've been on for the past three years at nab is talk about sort of what kind of trends are we seeing uh develop at nab because really that's where you can get a glimpse at the future of the industry what
1: do you guys think? So I, I, what I've been calling this year, and I don't have a pithy short name for it yet, but th- like last year's theme was definitely cinema glass, right? There were like 19 companies doing cinema glass. Two or three years ago, NAB was all about 4K. Like there's always years. This year's theme for me is combinations. It's like small HD is all about like, oh, we have a monitor and it's also a wireless receiver. And there's like six versions of that. And I feel like like the bright spot guy, the blind spot guy, Patrick, I'm going to keep getting your company name wrong. Um, He has like a thing where he's like, oh, so it's like it's a, a light that goes on your camera, but it can also power your camera. So it's like everything this year is about like, are you tired of having three batteries? You can only have one. Are you tired of cabling? No more cables. Um, Small HD was doing
2: something where the battery powers the monitor and your camera, which I find bizarre. Uh,
1: it's bizarre, but it's awesome because then you're only worrying about charging one battery, you're right? right?
2: No, you're right. I guess I, I just would never would have imagined that people would have designed it going in that direction as opposed to the other, you know, have, uh, you know, the, the camera power the monitor. Well, but if you think about it, it's
1: really smart because like the A7S or like I shoot with the Fuji X-T2, you always have to take it off the tripod to change the battery. You out. are right. Whereas you when you've tri- got it all rigged up your monitor's out there in the open. You can swap the battery out there, right? And then like Aerie is now doing this thing where their um, focus motors are also receivers for um, like wireless follow focus. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this year, Sensors don't feel that different from last year, except for the EVA one. Like, nothing feels that different from last year. Yeah. But it's all like, oh, let's take four things and smoosh them. I'm going to call this the smoosh year. That's a good, ah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. You got it. This is smoosh year. You smooshed that uh, right up, actually. Yeah, there we go.
0: So, wait, speaking about smooshes, one of the things I saw in a video that I was reviewing was the Jigaboom. Did you guys, did, did either of you cover the, that? The Digaboom? The digiboom. Oh, the from uh, Red Rock? Yeah. Was yeah, that yeah. you? Oh, yeah, we covered that. So, wait, what is that? Is that kind of what we're talking about here? I've never seen anything like that. I didn't even really understand <laughs> uh, I, what I
2: that was is, uh, at. It's a, uh, you know, it, it's a fairly niche product. Can you I explain? Would say. Can you explain uh, what it? Is? So, for those of you out there, the Digiboom is basically, uh, as simply as I can put it, it's a, it's a boom pole with a gimbal on the end of it. So you can put a, you know, a small like a micro cinema camera or a GoPro on it and the on the end and lift it very high in the air and it will stay level, or lift it low to the ground and the. Uh, The sell that they had for it was that, oh, this is great for sports. You know, you can run around, go low, go high, get above the action very quick. A lot of different, you know, sort of use cases you're supposedly be able to do with it. Uh, The main selling point was that they have sort of jerry-rigged on it uh, tons of wires that sort of come down from the gimbal down to where your hands would actually be. So basically if you had something like a micro-cinema camera, you could access all the controls from it. On your hand, So you would, and you could have a monitor close to your face as opposed to having to, you know, take the whole thing down every time you want to just check the monitor or adjust some settings.
1: There so you. that makes it a smoosh. That's a smoosh. Yeah. Because I mean, you got the monitor there, all the cabling's all done for you. That's a
0: smoosh.
2: And it's on a boom <laughs> pole.
0: <laughs> yeah. So wait, it, it actually records audio.
2: Yeah, it had, and it had like a sound devices uh, mixer strapped to the bottom of it because you can get XLR <laughs> inputs in the bottom. Truly, I guess uh, when you put it that way, it truly was a, a, a smoosh of a product because I looked at this thing and I was like, oh, very little of this, uh, at least that I saw, was proprietary to Red Rock. You had like a sound devices thing down here, a small HD monitor up here, all the controls come down. I was like, you took a bunch of different products. And just put them on a long pole so you yeah. can have your camera up in the air. Uh, yeah,
0: it, it was what it was. Exactly. I, so Charles, has there been any specific smoosh that has stood out to you just while we're talking about these well, smooshes? Well,
1: my favorite smoosh, because you asked before, you were like, what are the favorite products you've seen this right, year? right. And there's two, and one of them is a smoosh. The other is not. But one of my favorite things I've seen is the aperture had the super secret aperture dinner last night, and they showed off a light. And last year, everybody I talked to at NAB, every light manufacturer I talked to and every color meter manufacturer I talked to, I said, "You know what I want? I want a color meter that automatically syncs with my light so that like, and like if I'm shooting outside, I can just set my color meter on a stand, and as the sunlight changes color, Sunsets or whatever, the light automatically changes color with it. Just make that happen. And I said that to everybody last year. Or actually, I said it to Hive and Illuminati. But whatever, I said it to two people last a year.
2: Word passed along. Well, that uh, Charles wanted something.
1: Yes, and then Aperture, who I didn't say it to, magically heard that somehow. Or actually, ninety other people said it. And last night they revealed a light at Aperture because they don't have anything RGB. Aperture's whole thing has been power. The 300D, big powerful lights. Um, and last night they were like, here's our RGB and it's got a color meter and it can built in sync. So you can like point it at a TV and then it'll replicate the lights that the TV is going. So you can use it for a TV gag or a sunset gag. You can also record what you're doing and then play it back later. You can also use it to drive sky panels so you can like hook it up DMX. And I was like, that's legit cool. And they think they can do it for 600 bucks. And it's just moves.
2: 600 bucks is really uh, if they, if, yeah. surprising for what they're offering.
1: Yeah, if it really lands at that price point. It's the best moosh I saw this year. Yeah. Well,
2: I mean, the competition will have to really. I mean, Ari, I guess, is not the type to undercut. They will probably have a. I guess I'm just trying to think about all the other market leaders and what the response would be. Ari would probably not try to price under. They'd make a very premium model. I guess. No, because Ari,
1: they also announced they've sold 46,000 sky panels. So they're doing fine at their price point. Yeah. But I think that Ari mm-hmm. needs to team up with like Sakonic or Illuminati or someone and have the ability to sync. A sky panel with a color meter. With, or they need to build their own color meter. One of the two.
0: But, you know, we're talking about four indie filmmakers. Like, Aperture deserves a special shout-out, I think.
1: Oh, God, but yeah. They've I,
0: – I mean, I, I just finished watching we're, – we're coming out with this video. It should be out by the time this podcast airs, but it was your uh, interview with – what's it, What's the name Ted. of Ted. Ted. And uh, he really, like – they've really been focusing on making these – products that they've heard demand for for indie filmmakers and they're doing their best to price them at an incredibly low rate yeah it's it's really awesome um this aperture light that you're talking about does it it comes with a pen right you're talking about it comes
1: in that little pen is a color meter yeah so you like point it at a color And it will replicate that color. Right. So like if you want – like the classic thing is a TV gag. TVs aren't bright enough to light your actor's face. So usually you have like a TV in frame and then out of frame you have a light and you've got like a poor grip who's like trying to shake it or whatever to look like like the TV. Yeah. And so it's like this way you just point that thing at the TV and then the light will match the color and brightness of the TV but be bright enough to flash on a person's face from out of frame. Are you saying
2: it would it'll dynamically change intensity as well? It'll match. Yes. Wow. Okay, I didn't even I thought it was just color. The yeah. fact that it, it will real-time match whatever source you're pointing it at
1: yeah. is incredible. Yeah. Now, they won't tell me how many times a second it samples, but whatever. If it's, like, ten times a second, two times a second, yeah, it's going to be... I can
2: imagine flickering being a problem, sure. Yeah,
1: totally. But, like, it's... Thanks, Like, it's exciting.
0: Yeah, I, I heard um, one of our camera ops, uh, Nick, was talking about it last night. Yeah. And he said uh, another anecdote they used was, like, oh, this sunset is ni- nice, but what I really need... You know, I don't need a Hollywood sunset. I need a Fiji sunset. <laughs> <laughs> and you can actually, like... Point to a Fiji sunset with this pen thing, and you'll get that Fiji sunset. Now, would you just would, without you going know, to would Fiji? DPs
2: just walk around with pictures of beautiful vistas, and just point the pen at the picture and be like, "This is what I wanted. This is the color I want to see."
1: Or, in another theory, you can take the pen with you when you travel and annoy your loved ones by being like, yeah. oh, "I gotta record the yeah. color of the sunset." <laughs>
2: Oh, man. That's great. And then great. you
1: keep a bank of, like, here's my Fiji sunset. Yeah. Here's, and then you can be like, hey, here's the sunset from our honeymoon, and you can oh, re- wow. recreate that at your anniversary with this light. That is so romantic, Charles. I'm
0: a romantic guy. <laughs> All right. Well, then, Andy, what do you think this uh, this moving on from the smush? What would you have to say? Smush. Uh, Smoosh. My apologies. Uh, what would you have to say is a trend you've seen, uh, in this year?
2: Uh, I mean, last time I was here was two years ago, so I skipped a year, but I think both times and in going with that theme, I, I just feel like the thing that I noticed the most is the evolution of the lighting technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I missed a camera year or last year. Uh, I, I'm not sure,
0: no. but no, you didn't,
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, But yeah, it's like gimbals, they're kind of, the industry is maturing. It's like gimbals used to be hot and exciting, each new one. But now it's like everyone and their mother's making a newer, smaller gimbal. Uh, But LEDs continue to be getting smaller, lighter, more powerful. Now there was one that we saw that was radio controlled. You could have a remote and you could control it. And there's one that is just made out of LEDs sewed into fabric and it, like a three by three sheet of fabric that's just becomes a giant soft source, but it can fold up and fit in your backpack. Um, those are the things that I think I noticed the most as far as I'm not sure I would, I don't, if I would call that the whole theme of what I get from the entire, uh, event, but the LEDs are definitely the thing I noticed
0: the most. No, I think, yeah. I mean, lighting is something that can continually evolve.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even two years ago I, I started to get, a uh, I mean, after you know four days, I started to get a little bored on the floor because I was like, okay, another lighting guy. We're gonna see these panels. They got low. You can power with them batteries. They're low wattage, high CRI, bi-color, dimmable, and it's like every single one is kind of you know similar. you know different price points, build qualities, and stuff. But I think I was. It was refreshing to see this year and they were still managing to innovate with. Uh, you know, wireless controls and different, uh, fixtures.
0: Yeah. I can say like, in terms of what I've seen in the videos that I've been reviewing, like generally over the past couple of years, it's been sort of hard to find stuff that is really interesting or like really gives you that wow factor. But I, I haven't been seeing a lot of that mm-hmm. this year. And I think a lot of that has been through like the tricks that lighting, have provided, um, it's been a, it's been a pretty good year I think in terms of seeing some exciting new products. But
2: I think it's nice because it is you know it is such a relatively competitive space you know hard it's an le you know an LED how many different ways can you put an LED together to make the light better and with so many competitors there's a lot of upward pressure on uh, innovation.
0: There was, I mean, you know, cameras are, gen- cameras and lenses are generally like the sexiest items for our readers and our listeners. Um, and there is one, I think, camera that we should point out uh, that is brand new.
1: And Pretty much a couple
0: d- months. No, brand new. We, which one are we talking about? I'm talking about the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema camera. Oh, oh.
1: yeah. No, doy. I thought. You were <laughs> oh, I take back the door. But yeah, the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema will be big. It's mm-hmm. going to be big. I mean, yeah. it, it's... 12 twelve ninety nine including a Resolve dongle. Yeah, and that Resolve dongle is... is dollars 99
0: yeah. Yeah, so you're really getting a camera for what? Like $9,000 like and Resolve? And I'm not just saying this because Blackmagic is like one of our sponsors. I'll give you full disclosure on that fact. But it really is like one of the more... Uh, game-changing cameras I've seen. Game-changing To use that, that word. Shitty term. <laughs> um,
1: What's also, there's a lot of, like, nice little details. Like, I picked it up on Sunday because we were doing that pre-interview. And, like, you know, I don't shoot a lot of self stuff stuff, but I've done a little. And, like... Hitting the record button is tough when you're holding the camera to point it yourself. And so they put a thumb button there because mm. they're like, oh, a lot of people are using these to shoot themselves. So we had them hold it and we saw we should give them a little thumb button on the front to press record when you're self shooting.
2: Wow. I, d- I guess they're specifically going for a lot of uh, vloggers then, I-, I would guess.
1: Well, I think they're just accepting that a lot of people are vlogging and a lot of people I think are vlogging with their cameras. Like, for instance, the only thing I've ever shot myself with is my X-T2, which I've also shot jobs with. Uh-huh. So it's like accepting that a camera has a lot of different jobs. Mm-hmm. And like making it easier to vlog on a camera that also shoots RAW for a thousand dollars. Yeah,
0: but Andy, uh, you didn't actually tell us what your favorite thing you've seen so far is. Do you want to throw My that? Favorite at? Throw thing that at you?
2: so far. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Uh, I really did like this. I mean, it, it was unfortunately like three thousand dollars, but I did like that LED fabric. And so, you know, everyone's got. You know, we've talked a lot about, you know, sort of bendable, I forget what they're called. Like, Roscoe, I think, has those, like, light, they're not light panels, but... There's,
1: like, tile, like, mat, like...
2: yeah, these little things you can sneak around. And this is essentially a giant fabric version of that, where it's like, oh, it's much, it's not as rigid as those. It's it's dimmable, bicolor, you know, but it's just, you could have, you could cover an entire wall with a light in something that you pull out and roll out from your backpack. And it'll apparently, you know, have a top-notch CRI... You know, nobody here is, I think, advertising anything below, like, 90 CRI anymore as far as uh, LED quality goes.
1: I have a second favorite thing as well. Okay, what's your second favorite thing? So, and this was actually something where clearly he'd flagged down this other guy. I'm sure you guys all also read New Shooter, Dan from New Shooter is now at Atomos. This guy had flagged down Dan, and Dan was clearly like, I have other things to do. Hey, Charles, come over here. And um, there's a guy who is, like, building Cinema Primes. Full-frame cinema primes, open to a 1.5, showing them out of a book bag in the aisle. Oh. And so, like, Dan just passed them to me. And then he was, like, pulling these lenses out of the bag and showing them to me. He's like, ah. these are full-frame cinema primes. I'm making them. It's great. And they're called The Spirit. I have no idea if they're any good. He had them set up on an A7. They don't breathe at all. Zero breathing. Like, like completely... I mean, lenses. that's uh, that would that's be
2: impressive. Imp- manu- I mean, I'm surprised that uh, if if he had shops, I assume you know some lens manufacturing company would want to poach him. Uh, but it, well, no, it, he
1: wants to do it on his own. There, he is like a strong, independent spirit.
2: Strong, independent. So independent, he
1: didn't even want a booth.
2: Yeah, so independent.
1: <laughs> but he also had the lens cut in half, so we could like look through the inner oh, workings and and stuff. And he was telling me how it was better than Sony in these ways. And like, it was a legit like. It was the kind of thing you don't get outside NAB. I'm sure he doesn't have a website yet. I'm sure he doesn't have, like... He's just, like, a guy with a Phone dream. Phone number, maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> off the grid, this guy. And a book bag. You know. And it was, like, that's a pure NAB moment.
0: Yeah, one of the things we love at NAB is coming across these, like, super uh, weird items, I'd say. like Yeah. Uh, and, and you guys like them, too, from what, what I can tell in, our, in the video view counts. But... Um, what I think, Andy, you found something. That oh was yeah, I mean, highly we, ridiculous.
2: We saw it and we we're like, well, we have to get this on footage, even though we can't take this product seriously. Which was uh, what these Chinese manufacturers had uh, assembled, essentially, what looked like a PL mount for an iPhone, <laughs> and they had a, I can't recall, but it looked like a Canon like Cine Zoom attached to the front of it.
1: Yeah, it was a Cine lens.
2: Yeah. And we just had to get it on camera just to take a look at it, even though I wouldn't trust that product at all, you know. So
1: there is no PL mount you would use for your iPhone? <laughs> um,
2: if, if Ari <laughs> came out with a, a PL mount, then maybe I would consider <laughs> it. Was
1: there an optical element or was it just like a PL mount and then you're shooting like the middle tiny part of the lens? See,
2: I didn't even care to break it open and find out. I, I, I would bet... On there being no optical. Element. So
1: the crop factor is is intense on that yeah, one.
2: The, the crop factor w- would essentially be yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: infinity. Uh, point one. <laughs> how, how did like the footage, like? How did it look on the phone? Oh, blurry as hell. Yeah. Yeah, it was
2: shit. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <to> say that. <laughs> but yeah, you're allowed to say it. But uh, I, 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 I I I really I. I it might be apparent from the video. I think someone has told me that my complete disdain for we the had, product. We had, to, we had to cut
0: your outro because <laughs> you're like, oh, well, this is completely ridiculous. Thank you.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know, on some level, I saw the product and I know, oh, you know, and I saw the, the team there and it's like, yeah, this is some cheap knockoff product uh, from China uh, and there's probably dozens of others doing the exact same thing at NAB themselves this was just the first one we saw that was funny to us and we so we took a look at it and but otherwise it's like no don't trust that product at all
0: We should check it out I mean the reader should still check it out because it's it's pretty funny I mean this it's just a comical image this huge ass lens on a tiny iPhone could
2: could you even hold the phone or I guess you You did ask that yeah I mean (laughs) yeah I don't know I guess that's not truly a, a a serious or a bad question because there are plenty of cameras that you would use where you mount the lens instead instead of the... Uh,
1: the yeah, volume. if you're using a thousand millimeter lens, yeah, you stick it to the lens. Yeah,
2: you know, it makes sense. I think I was just, I just found it funny that there were like handlebars on yeah. the side of this uh, plate that the iPhone was mounted to. I was like, do you ex- what are these handlebars for? Is anyone supposed to actually hold on to it by this part of the frame? I guess if the lens was not a cine lens, then possibly.
0: There was one great uh, YouTube comment which was like, moment killer do you know like the moment lens? Yes.
1: <laughs> the actual well-made yeah. like well-engineered, well-thought-out iPhone lens adapters? Like yeah, moment killer. That's ah. yeah, that's a sick burn. Yeah, that's sick burn. Oh, I had another favorite project product that's a smoosh.
0: What's this, what, what's the other smoosh?
1: ProRes RAW. I'm going to call ProRes RAW a smoosh.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> we should talk a little
1: bit about ProRes RAW. Yeah. Huh. Yeah.
2: I'm not too keen on, too versed on it so, but you went and visited.
1: Yeah, so we talked to Atomos. Um, and we tried to find a time to talk to Apple, but we maybe it'll still happen. You never know. Um, but it's a smoosh of bare sensor data, right? Like, if you're kicking raw of your camera, which the EVA1 kicks out and the Sony lines all kick out, you're sending out raw Bayer data, which is like they call it sensels instead of pixels. So it's just like the raw information. The reds,
2: the greens, and the blues.
1: Yes. All coming out. But they're all coming out like all, all arrayed together, not like split into their separate red, cha- green and blue channels the way they are with normal RGB. So they're all wrapped up in each other. So they smooshed together the sensor data and the traditional ProRes codec. So it's the traditional ProRes codec, but it's the traditional ProRes codec applied instead of pixels. To sensels,
2: in, yeah. Instead of to the bayard image, the, or to the de-Bayard image, it's just like
1: the to the bayard image. Bayard, the bayard but it's image. the standard ProRes codec we've all been using for ten years. Uh, oh, wow! Is so it, it's so it, it's a smoosh.
2: Is it a ProRes HQ? Like there's
1: ProRes the, Plane and ProRes HQ flavors available. the ProRes files ProRes. Wow. are smaller than four four, 4 than like RGB ProReses are. How
2: does how is that possible?
1: Well, because Bayard data is actually not like because it, it's only it's one signal, it's one channel, it's not. R, G, and B. It's not three channels. It's a single channel.
2: I don't know. I guess I am not versed enough in that to know why that makes sense.
1: I
0: think Charles is the only one here that's versed enough <laughs> to understand. Why I don't that know. Makes I, sense. I
2: thought I used to you know, wrap, my, be able to wrap my head around.
0: You got some whatever. studying to do, Andy. I guess so. <laughs> uh,
2: it's a single channel.
0: You got to go to Smoosh School. And I guess everyone. I mean, you know, everyone should study up on ProRes because really, one of the things that I took away from that Atmos interview was that like. Can't Like, companies haven't really created the cameras that can have this output
1: yet? Well, so only over SDI, right? Okay. So there's already, like, 50 or something cameras that can do RAW out over SDI. I don't have the fullest. I don't know if you can get ProRes RAW out of all of them, but, like, Sony already has the FS5 supporting it, EVA1. There's a lot of other coming out. But nobody's putting RAW out over HDMI, and there's no real reason not to. So it'd be like, like oh, my God, if the Sony A7S Three happens, which it will— if that gave out RAW over HDMI and you could do that to ProRes RAW, world killer. Smoosher, like sm- sm- smasher of other cameras.
0: <laughs> A so, smoosher smasher. The smoosh, the smash. smoosh
1: <laughs> smasher. So, yeah, I mean, like HDMI RAW will be big. There's no, I mean, I don't know why you don't do that. It, it
2: well, have there, to I do mean, with the, the HDMI protocol or something to do with.
1: I mean, the argument Atomos is making is they're like, no, like, it's just sensels instead of pixels. You just trick HDMI into thinking it's sending pixels, but you send sensels. Well, they're probably
0: one of the first to really, like, try and push the technology forward.
1: I mean, I think they are the first. I think they are pushing it the hardest. The impression I get is that they really were pushing Apple to be like, hey, guys, someone needs to do a format. And you have this ProRes thing, and we think we can work with you. So I think Atomos and Apple worked really closely. Hmm. I mean, for instance... In the Apple release ad was an Atomos product, and Apple does not put other people's products in their ads very often. Yeah. Wow. So I think that Atomos was one of the real like forces saying like, "Let us keep going on this." The real ninjas and shoguns. Well, that's definitely something to keep in mind if we're talking about
0: trends in the industry. Yes. Um, for any filmmaker, uh, and we'll also try and get some Apple stuff going over the next couple of days while we're here. I'll try yes.
1: And, I think I can wrangle someone up. Yeah. And I have a hard drive I need to pick up from atomos because they're going to give us a, pro, a bunch of ProRes RAW samples. Oh, awesome! Ooh. So there you go. So we'll have that I up on our site. with our hands. Be on the lookout for that ProRes RAW.
0: Okay, well we're going to keep it short and sweet because we are pretty exhausted. It's a it's a really massive undertaking to get uh, what we're trying to get done, and for that I got to thank everyone who's been involved because like we have an amazing team this year. Uh, our editors are killing it our shooters are killing it our writers are doing okay i'm saying that looking at a writer they're i'm kidding they're doing awesome uh producers producers are killing it and of course our lovely hosts andy and charles are killing it as well as matthew bell who's asleep right now who's asleep right now good uh preparing it's also it's like 8 p.m the so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is so young let me tell you and, uh, yeah, we hope you guys are enjoying uh, the videos. Definitely watch them. Um, you'll learn a lot, I think, about, like, where the industry is headed and what you should be uh, paying attention to in terms of gear because there's, like, going to be 80 videos, so you'll find something in there. So, yeah, uh, thanks, Charles. Thanks, Andy. Thank you, John. Um, for anyone, uh, Our pleasure. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't understand any of this tech babble, uh Andy film weekly will be back next week uh to our regular schedule our regular sort of outline and um until then you know follow no film school at no film school i'm jim underscore john underscore jim on twitter i'm c-y-j-a-c-k-x
2: on twitter on instagram oh I'm instagram
1: C-Y-A-C-K-X. yes how oh, nice i'm at charles hayne on instagram twitter linkedin and facebook wow and uh
0: yeah subscribe to the no film school podcast we have a really great new podcast called the first feature which ryan ku who's uh first feature dropped last week amateur it's it's out now so watch it if you haven't on netflix on netflix yeah it's actually it was spotlight it was spotlighted in my netflix which is pretty cool um but also a little bit scary since they might know he's my boss somehow through an algorithm uh yeah so listen to that That's on Wednesday. Uh, We'll be back with another interview on Monday. Uh, Thanks for listening. See you then.